Talk to me about it. Well, the momentum from, from my point of view is that I get it, he's in a busy car park, he should try and swiftly exit. And I, like, if you're in a supermarket car park you do, and it's busy as fuck, you try and do a swift exit. So I get that. What You've sort got of, things to put in the car, you know, people can see, I've got my shopping, I'm going to do this, get it in, and then, you know, if you don't have kids, it's easy exit. People can understand that, but this guy had nothing. Like he was at the beach. Why was he not texting earlier? Why was he not doing these things to get into his car and be like, "Oh, now I'll sit here and send text messages. Just put that shit on Bluetooth. Make a phone call. Because then they're what are they going to do? They're going to fucking text back, and you'll be driving. You just make the phone call. Hi, I'll be home soon. I'm on my way. Sometimes I like to get in the car, especially at the beach, and have a drink and. Um, you maybe you do want to send some texts, maybe do a post or something like that. Um, yeah, well that's true. That's that can be excused because you got to let the followers know that you've been blessed and, and having yeah, the time. Blessed. So I don't know, but then you just say I'm not leaving yet, and then you wouldn't be waiting there. He did, but the attitude that he said was I am leaving, but, but not. I'm not. I'm a few minutes. I will be leaving upon my own accord. Yeah, and. Was he just a wanker? Was that he the problem? He was a fucking wanker. Yeah. But, it, but there, there was cars racked up, like the Scarborough car parking sito. You've got to cut hot laps and hope you time one. We ended up parking way up the hill. It was like surfing on the Goldie. It's bullshit. It's just about respect. I think that's going to be common. It's been a common theme today, this common respect chat. Courtesy for your other human. Yep. Don't run people over in the surf. If you do, say sorry, acknowledge it, don't do it again. Do you want to talk about that briefly? Because <laughs> we just... Heads up, episode 20, welcome back to One Off The Wood. We've got One Off The Highway, volume two. We're yeah. coming back from Margaret River, a little surf trip down the coast. And just, we've just been through surf at Bears and you, as you tend to do, were run over by another surfer. <laughs> yeah. Talk me through it. I don't, I don't know why it happens to me. It's not like I'm a kook or I get in the way that I think I get. But this guy was on a foam board at Bears, which is a proper performance wave. You don't go out kook it there. And he could surf, but he was on a foam board. He was also 60-something and he was a little bit overweight. Yeah, but he couldn't... Anyway, he looked, he saw me, but he was out of control. And he continued on the rail that he was on. And I did the old turtle duck dive where you duck and you pull your legs in and you know arch your back so you you don't have anything hanging out for them to chop your feet off or something. Yeah. And he ran into me and over me to, into my fucking lower back and knocked his fin out on my back. <laughs> yeah, I saw it because I, uh, I was paddling back through the channel. And he, it looked like he was out of control and he just, cur- like he was sort of falling off and caught the rail and he ran straight over you and you could hear a smack when he hit you. <laughs> and to be fair, he was apologetic. He, he apologised, he knew it was happening before it happened. But he'd put himself in that situation of surfing a big foam board on a wave that's fast and he you was, can't dig a bit dirty big foam rail in and no. have... It was just fucked. It was yeah. a weird unit. But then my question, I've said this to you before, is this always happens to you. So 
at some point do you think you've got to look at yourself and f is there something that you could be doing to stop getting run over? Because I know three times where you've been properly run over. Guess how many times I've been run over? How many? Zero. Zero at all. None. And I'm always caught inside. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think it's me. That one today was not me. I was paddling in a normal position. What could you have done? The, the one at Lakey Peak was not my fault at all. That was What about the one at Scarborough city. the other day? The one at Scarborough, the guy didn't need to take... I was two metres from him. No, no one would have gone on that wave. Like, that was... It, it was a closeout. I wasn't... It wasn't going left or right or anything. He, and he just took off and landed on my head. But you've, you've for, got it. If no you stop reason. and listen to yourself... I couldn't move. Are, 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 are you willing away. to, like, just step back and have a listen to yourself? and say, none of these could possibly be your fault, but there is a common theme involved. I, I agree with you. Okay. You can't, the stats don't lie. And stats I'm all about for self-reflection and growth and, you know, analysing your own behaviours and what you can do, but I don't think I'm the cause of this. But I don't think you're even willing to try and look for something that you could do um, to, you know, what to stop this happening. Go on, suggest something. Not well, get in the way. So you could change your line if you think the guy is not competent enough to turn you around and you can go and get yourself caught inside today the guy hunted me down like i was out on the shoulder he hunted me down from five or ten meters away cooking it on his rail so to run me 10 over. meters away could you have changed tack no nah, i was i was paddling straight i could if i'd have turned you were right paddling. i would have paddled towards him i was paddling out and left and, and on the shoulder and i duck dived as deep as i could to get under him yeah. So you did try to avoid it by going underneath him. Yeah, absolutely. Tried the duck dive. Went yeah. deep. I don't know. I think, I think you might be a menace. <laughs> this guy, he was a fucking menace, that guy. He was a menace. I can't wait to be that guy. Yeah. The old guy well, that, I was sort of saying... Cunts over. As guys get older in their 50s and 60s, they tend to get skinnier legs and barrel, barrel up top. And when you're surfing like that, you just look so like off balance you're just so top heavy it doesn't make sense it's the opposite of the 90s pro surfer the low centre of gravity gravity the oki you know everyone was 5 foot 6 yeah. so that's the opposite you, you're you at a massive disadvantage you're old and fat now and yeah not met, built for it no just go home sit on the couch watch the footy hey so the, after the surf this morning we got out of the water pulled a cold emu export out of the esky cracked a tin at 8.30 in the morning one of the great, great things you can do on a on a little surf trip, and there's something pretty delicious about a beer, you know, pre 10 a.m. But generally, you'd say frowned upon by society. There's a stigma with, yeah, drinking beers in the morning that I think I grew up with. It's like, oh, you can't drink before midday or this time or whatever. But I really enjoy a, a breakfast tin. I think the like it was delicious it was cold it was crisp we'd been surfing the first beer is probably hydrating in some way put some electrolytes back in and and uh, I don't have any problem with it at all I think it's fine I think you're right as well like we've gone for the emu export which is a almost a mid strength so you're not getting pissed it does put some some stuff I reckon that you need because you do feel good after coming out of the morning surf and cracking a tin but I think the problem lies in Alcoholics have given morning drinking a bad name, maybe? Uh, well, if you go on with it, this is probably what the stigma is, that if you have one in the morning, that's you for the day. You're going to drink until you go to sleep, whether that's sleeping at lunchtime or sleeping in the evening. But you've got to... That's probably the stigma. Whereas we had two beers. We 
double dropped in the car. So second one at yeah. nine, nine o'clock. That was some hours <laughs> and, ago. And and then, uh, but it was like it was good. It was delicious. And the thing I say, like a beer for you in the morning, way better than some people wake up and have a cigarette. It's like the first thing they've got to do with their life is have a ciggy. And these like people smoking a pack a day, like that has got to be way worse for you. Can't they wait until after lunch? But, oh, yeah, but on all reports, if you're a, a heavy smoker, nothing beats a coffee and a cigarette in the morning. Oh, I don't, look, I don't subscribe to that. <laughs> I think the other thing with the drinking in the morning is it depends what day of the week it is. If you're doing it on a Tuesday, it's a bit... Yeah, un- Unless you're on up. holiday. On, yeah, if you're on holiday. We're, we're both on the same page here. You, you're on a weekend, you're on, you're on holidays, it's fine. Absolutely fine getting up, drinking in the morning. If it's hot... Especially in Darwin, if you feel like a brekkie tins. I'm all oh, about right. it. I don't think there's a problem with it. If Man. someone's got a problem with one off the wood early, get around us, give us your feedback. Yeah. I think it's just whether you're drinking through from 9am to the evening, that's where you start to come across problems. Yeah, look at yourself. You've probably got an Uber rating in the low fours, if that's who you are. I, um, I woke up this morning and last night we went to the Dunsborough Tavern and watched a bit of rugby. Not big rugby fans, but... You know, a bit of patriotism, watch the Aussies get um, whooped by England and then watch the Irish play. Who did they play? The All Blacks. The All Blacks, and the All Blacks flogged them. Um, but at the start, the All Blacks do the hucker, and the hucker's pretty cool. But I was sort of saying, what what do you do on the other team? Because you've got to show respect, but you don't want to show fear. And you don't get a chance to do anything back. But that, then That's a weird thing that there's... So they play both national anthems, but then they get to do this thing that is culturally significant to New Zealand, but yep. also in to intimidate the other team. And the other team don't get a chance to do a Irish jig or, you know, the fucking Aussie, 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 oi, 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 in your face or whatever they want to do. Like, you've got to stand there and take it. And I think they do well, but what can you... Do you have to look at it? Well, that's what I was saying. Turn I was saying, like, could you turn around? Or is that, like, there's... Is that too disrespectful? But then this morning I jumped on the phone and looked at news.com.au and the top one was the crowd apparently disrespected the haka by singing Irish uh, folk songs and it was apparently so loud that it threw the Kiwis off their haka. But I'm kind of all right with that. It's it's. Why do they get an extra point to intimidate? I'm, I'm, I'm on board with it too and I think that maybe they need to replace the Kiwi National Anthem with the haka. So... We, out of respect, we play the national anthem of both teams, Um, but if you would choose to do your song and dance and poke your tongue out at the opposition like a five-year-old in the fucking play school, then uh, Then that's what you want to do do instead. During the song. So so each rugby team or each sports team get one song and dance. Yeah, one song and dance. You don't get one song and an extra dance. Yes. Not fair. Not fair. Haka, fair in context. yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I like watching the hucker, but I just think you sh- if if you're at war with these guys, you wouldn't just be standing there saying, "Oh, it's, you know, it's good respect." Like you'd be like, you "All right, my turn back. to throw the spears." <laughs> no, no, you have a shot first. You you throw the first spear. They um yeah. Um yeah. So Dunsborough Tavern. That was it's a it's a good venue. It's a sports venue, really, and. The food, the menu is pretty good. Got a nice steak. You got a nice little lamb burger with a 
Yeah, real good food. Good, good for watching sport. But they also have some big bands like Client Liaison are playing there in November. Yeah. Um, they had uh, 28 Days <laughs> there, classics. I think The Living End might have played there this year as well. Yeah, so if you're swinging through that way, stop into the Dunsborough Tavern, catch a bit of music, have a lamb burger. One off the woods and tag the boys in, on the Instagram. Yeah. Let them know. Tag we'll us in. And, um, yeah, got got you thinking there, didn't it? As, um, you know, there was a few young... Look, I'm, I'm willfully spoken for, but you're a single man. And there was a few young things getting around. You got the wandering eyes. You've, you had the wandering do, eye. Do, do, but you've do. spotted one in particular. And you've instantly fallen in love. But you didn't go and talk to her. And then we left the pub. And then the question is... Mike's down. Just a police car <laughs> driving past the boys. Is he doing a Yeah, we can edit that out. <laughs> uh, so the question is, you think you've spotted the one. She could be the one. What is it that drives the old... The instant um, it's in there there's an instant instant connection there's the there's a lot of like um, synergies going on in the world I reckon but like sometimes you just click like someone there's something about a particular person that you like you know it happens with men and women I think you meet someone you're like I like this guy instantly but you, you didn't like meet this, this person you I didn't just, I eyes, eyes across about the room that but was it. to be fair she had the wandering eyes and kept staring at us and I wasn't imagining that was I I don't think so I think she was looking over but she might have been looking over because you'd been staring at her for an hour it's yeah look you know chicken and the egg but either way do you think it, her attention. it, but it they, could be it, something to do with quantum, quantum physics like you, what is it that um, by looking at the object in quantum physics you change what that object quantum is doing quantum mechanics by quantum observing mechanics. it by observing it you change what it's doing so perhaps there is a quantum thing happening there when you observe her and you change and there's a combination of your observing and her observing and then... Is that the DMT world? Is the world with all these organic shapes into it turned into quantum uh, geometric shapes under the influence of a DMT? You peel back the layers that we've created for ourselves that are you get, you get cloud our vision and then... You know, that's it. You, you're seeing what it is. I don't know. There's something about it. But then I think it's funny, right? Because, you know, everyone, maybe not everyone, most people end up with a girlfriend or a partner that then gets moulded into the one. This is quoting Peep Show. Yep. She's the one. She could be the one. And it's just, uh, you know, that she could have been the one. I never spoke to her. We had an instant connection. How many ones do you think there are for each person? And, like, if you're... Say if you're, like dumb like not very smart not very attractive do you reckon there's just as many the ones for you as say like Brad Pitt yeah maybe Pitt's more m- potentially more ones Pitt's yeah. pretty niche isn't he yeah so he only goes top niche yeah I but reckon almost being ugly's niche as well yeah you just that's... gotta find the one is someone who's falls into your um category you gotta know it's like if you're on dating app you wanna know your market you want to know what you like, but also what market you're playing in to get good match ratios. Mm. I imagine that's the the key. Yeah, I think I think there's something going on there. 
definitely, yeah, anyway, look, it's a funny thing in the life. The got other us thinking, th- we definitely didn't actually talk to no, said bird. She's out there. The other thing is it might just be you just being horny for her, like just sexual attraction, and that's it. And then you, your brain just builds up all these other things about it when at the end of the day it's just you're attracted to her. It's like the brain goes into overdrive and kicks in everything else to, to start convince you and write an essay. It's like, no, no, we've got a list. Yeah. It's cool. These, these are the things, the kids' names, going to be this. It's going to be a perfect life. Yeah, because your brain just starts telling you stories that are just bullshit. Yeah, how, how many, um, yeah, like you say, the ones that are out there, you could have walked past the missile. I think people need, need to, single people out there, you need to engage. I think there needs to be a sign, more scientific test. Like you get a blood test, she gets a blood test, and some scientists should be able to say, yes, you have a you know, 99% chance of being the one for each other. And take all this emotion out of it. It should be science. But that takes it back to genetics, right? And most of who you are is nurture. It's obviously got to do with genetics and how you react to things. But a lot of it is nurture. The situation you grew up in, if you've got, you know, drug-addled parents, if your parents smoke, you're almost more likely to be a smoker. Those sort of, Does that those not sort of things. Manifest you know, itself in your DNA somehow. I'm not sure. It might. Isn't that like um, there's a there's some sort of stat about um, blokes finding or marrying women that are similar to their mother, quite like their mother, because they're looking for someone to be the mother of their children. And what's the only you know example of good mothering? Yeah, is their own mother. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think I don't know who it is. Is it Freud or something like that? It's basically just saying you as an adult, you're just trying to find your way back to what you had as a child so you end up being your parents a bit sad if it's true but there's, um, there's a bloke I went to um, primary school with and we went, ended up the same uni and he's dating this chick that looked near on identical to his mother it was really freaky and I wasn't the only one that thought it and they end up married now shout out to Matt Matty D I yeah, won't Matt. give you a full name but uh, yeah I thought it was weird but you know good on him happily married settled down kids so I might, I'll continue the story from, from our little trip down to Margaret River. So we did watch the rugby. We had a few off the wood, but we didn't, we didn't go too silly. Left after the rugby match. And then we needed somewhere to stay. And you, we have a four-wheel drive. And you're like, there's nowhere to camp down here for free, right? In Margaret River area. There's plenty of places to camp for free. There's nowhere like a designated free camping spot. You can pay 45 bucks to yeah, camp at Yelling no, Up. Yeah, there's nowhere then... to camp for free legally, right? Yeah, that's right. But you've got your spots, and I think... this. And you found us a... What was the place called again? We're going to... It's called, but Duck. we'll beep that out. Yeah, so you've taken us down road to this beautiful flat clearing. Um, there's firewood everywhere. It's completely secluded. We've gone in quite late at night, and left reasonably early we left at 6am this morning but got me thinking about what are the rules of the stealth campsite if you can get to it especially down the margs on there's four-wheel drive tracks and bushwalking tracks everywhere and you you get off the bush this particular one is really good because it's very close to dunsborough and yelling up and you down a track you're in the bush you kind of got to drive over a few trees to get to it so no one really goes down there and there's a neat little clearing you can hang up wetsuits and have a fire safely in there 
but the rules around it, I reckon, you don't want to be on private property. You want to be very respectful. That's the key, right? Stealth, if you're going to go on free camp, get up early. Don't fuck about and hang around till lunchtime. But make sure you leave it clean. Like, that's 101 for camping. But a lot of, a lot of people and four-wheel drivers get the bad rap for it. You know, leaving cans or trash around or fires and things that aren't put out. What's your number one for... Well, I think it, it depends on the type of stealth camp that you've gone for. So you're right, you, you don't want to be on private property. But there's, there's two levels of it. Like today, last night's we were in a fairly secluded area. So we didn't have to leave before it got light. So, we, but you want to, you don't want to hover, right? You don't want to hover around. You don't want to set up. You're there to sleep, to have a bit of food, and to get going. I think if you have a fire, you need to make it so there's no trace of that fire. And I think if, there's obviously just no nothing left behind. But I think the very when you get to like desperate times, and I'm thinking a, a trip that I did to Torquay back in the day with a mate. We basically camped for three nights on the footy oval in Torquay and use the barbecues there but the way we did it is we'd get in about 10 p.m after we'd been to the pub set up our tent in the dark and then we'd leave before it got light in the morning because uh, we were going surfing so I think if you're on that sort of agenda the stealth camping is no problem but it's when you are uh, overstay your welcome so to speak that you're likely to get into a bit of strife and you don't show respect to the to the place that you're camping you, you can get quite ballsy with it, I reckon, like because you're camping up. It's a bit different around the Byron Bay area. Everyone's got vans and shit. But if you, you know, you can camp out anywhere. Back when I was growing, car, I used to camp at car park all the time. Like yeah. any car park, you're just there. You're hanging out late at night. It's all good. Whack a tent up or swag, pull it down. You, you're perfect and you're out of there. But like we did this time, and, and around Marks, there's fucking heaps of spots. Like you go down road or down at the bottom of that's a sick one yeah yep and yeah the um as long as you clean it up and take all your shit and get out of there then mate, I'm, I'm all for it It should be good because especially it means people most people staying in town i think western australia is pretty on to that with 24-hour parking for caravanners and things yeah. because it means people stop in town like bindoon's got you pull up at the footy oval just like you guys did and there's parking spots for caravans all around the footy oval and barbecues and a toilet that's cleaned so it's primo made for it. And people stop in town and probably smash one off the wood or, yep. you know, grab it, some tucker. It kind of depends what what, what you're up to as well. I think for, for us, we're, we're normally on a mission to surf. So you're not really looking for somewhere to hang out and enjoy the camping aspect of it. Whereas if you're just going up to enjoy the camping, do a bit of cooking um, and that sort of thing, then you really need to find... There's, you can't really stealth it unless you're out in the boonies... <laughs> the boonies <laughs> yeah the boonies what's the, like, the, what's the, the boonies you know it just means out out the back of Burke somewhere like a long way away out in, <laughs> out out, in the boonies out in the boonies nah I like it I like it yeah but I love a good stealth camp and that was one of the best spots ever last night absolutely Got a little fire going the Get classic to... camp we got um once upon a time I've been camping there for years when I first moved to WA that was a go to every second week rip into and um Jesso was down there one day and it, the, the next day was all on shore so they didn't bother getting up to go surfing, they just got boozed at camp and then um, had a fire and music and shit and the ranger turned up and Jesso's telling me she's like, I can't camp there anymore, they've got my number plates I was like, fuck, that's keen, they must have got reported, she's like, no, no, it was like 12.30 in the afternoon Yeah, <laughs> so they've broken 
probably three golden rules there. Overstayed the welcome, loud music, but it's the overstaying of the welcome. You're in and out. We're not here to fuck about. Anyway, I'm a fan. What? You got a lot of beeping to do. Oh yeah, yeah. We can. We better not name all those. But um. Definitely beep them all out. Look, if you've got a, a nice little stealth camp, don't tell anyone about it. It's good to keep them close to your chest, because you need to have those little things up your sleeve. Surfbot spots around Margs aren't secrets anymore, but the camp spots definitely are. So you keep it to yourself. Pass it down through generations with your friends. I like it. Damn straight. We just cruised through Bunbury. Yep. That was, um, they've got heaps of roundabouts and it works. Like coming back, no traffic lights from Dunsborough to Perth. Only roundabouts. Well, there are, there's a couple of traffic lights, but only roundabouts. Can I Round, ask you? Roundabout. Roundabout. It's round a roundabout. About. What's that about? Where do you think the name roundabout came from? Like who, who was tasked to name that? Is it just and how the fuck? Is that an, it's got to be an Aussie thing because we're very. They call them roundabouts in the UK. I don't know. They, I don't know. I can find out. See, find out because it's very descriptive. That's typical English to name something what it is. Bike lock. Mudguard. I don't know, bulwark. But round about doesn't make sense. How do you see, it's round dash a dash bout. It's not even round about. Or is it two words? Round about. I think no, it's one word, round about. What would you call them? I reckon there's better names. Is it uh, circular circular cornery <laughs> junction? No lights. What about yeah. the cross junction? It's not really no, cross. It's not a That's cross just junction. a giveaway sign, isn't it? The O lights. junction. I reckon. I reckon the the flow junction. The flow junction. It's a flow junction because it's a junction, like a traffic junction, but you just flow on through. I like the, the flow f- junction. The flow junction. That's what I bet the French call it something like that. They probably got some. Well, it's designed name. to keep the traffic flowing, and it's a junction. And it does. They work well. I've got this theory with roundabouts, is that. You probably have to be in a big enough car, but if you go fast enough through them, you'll always make it and never have to stop. It's like if you just punch it, you'll make it in front of the car that's coming around the corner looking at you, or... How's this? Roundabout, okay? And I was thinking of the word come about. What? So to come about. So to come about means, one, to happen. So to take place. It has come about that we are in the car driving down okay. up to Perth. But it's also, and I was getting it, it means a change of direction for a ship. So to come about in a ship means to change direction. Yeah, that makes sense. So we should it's maybe come about call that we have a podcast. You're a gonna flow junction come about? A come about. Come about. A, a come about instead of a roundabout. I, I think, like that. I think we should either, it should either be the flow junction or the come about. The come about. You don't, well, you, cause you, cause if you, oh, so that no, maybe U-turns should be called comeabouts, because a U-turn is the yeah, shape of the yep. U. But if you're actually completing the U-turn, it's actually more of an N-turn, isn't it? Yeah. Not a U. You're not backwardsing. That's the people looking at you. Looks like you're you are doing a U-turn, but they should be comeabouts. Come about in 500 meters. Come about allowed on green light on green arrow. Yeah. 
No come about at intersection. No come about between 6 a.m. and 9 a.m. Stop coming about the place. <laughs> I wish some of those kids at, at Rabbit Hill had done a bit more coming about. <coughs> yeah, it was a, a real... That was one of the more hectic surfs I've ever had. Just full of grommies, crazy um, rip just going in a big circle, much like a come about. And kids getting waves. I couldn't get anything. <laughs> Struggling. The demographic was wrong for us. Can I ask you a question? You're welcome to ask me any questions that you like. I'll so choose to answer. You're going to drop me at the airport because I've got to go home. Like I've been here and now I need to go home. And I'm going to go to the airport and I'm going to get on an aeroplane and it's going to take four or five hours. Is this a question or a statement? I'm, I'm setting the scene. <laughs> okay. It's going to take four or five hours to get to Sydney. Now, if I jumped on a plane 20 years ago and I wanted to fly Perth to Sydney, how long do you reckon it would have taken? About the same? Exactly the same. Maybe even quicker. So the question is, why is aeroplane passenger technology not improving at all? Well, I would say, apart from the the flow junctions in Bunbury, if you were to drive from Margs to um, Perth, it would have taken you the same time 20 years ago because you can only do 110 and, yep. you know, the cars are... But the cars can go faster. The cars can go much faster. But we've safer. decided that at 110, you, with the amount of people that die is the amount of people that we're okay with. But car, cars are safer now. Sick. There's like 1,500 airbags. Why shouldn't they be going faster? Well, I think they should. I, I think it should be. It should be 140 you, on the open road. It, what you're getting at, I think, is if you... If, like, this car was built in 2013, my last car was 2000, and, like, you, if you, you got in my car and it was a 1982 car, it's a piece of shit. Yep. And you'd be like, this is a piece of shit. It's been driven for 30-something years, and it's crap and it doesn't have air con, it's got a fucking mini-disc player in it. I wouldn't have had that. But they... It was a piece of shit, but yet the aeroplane that you're going to fly in today was probably built somewhere in the 80s or 90s. Well, I think that's part of it. Because the car thing, the cars haven't changed that much. But it's kind of, there, there are faster cars than there used to be, right? Yeah. And, and especially cars that you can just buy off the shelf. They're going to go way faster than one from the 80s that you could buy off the shelf. But there's, a, there's arbitrary limits in place that says you can't go any faster on the roads. But in the sky, it's the sky. You should be able to go as fast as you want. But the aeroplanes that were flying, it's the same aeroplanes that were flying in when I was a kid. And I think, like, Concorde had a crack at it. They did, they, the jet, but it was too expensive. So they were flying, like, cutting time, flight times in half. It was a supersonic jet, would go crazy fast. But that thing burnt, like, tonnes of fuel idling on the runway. And it wasn't, it didn't make sense. So does that mean we've maxed out, maxed out plane technology to the point where if we want to go faster... One, it costs too much, or two, the planes fall out of the sky. Because I think didn't the Concorde not have a great? I think they might have had one that, yeah. I think they're bringing the Concorde back, actually. Really, bringing back the Concorde? Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe we're a bit ill-informed in the sky snake travelling devices, the sky trams, whatever you want to call them. They sky snakes, I believe. Sky snakes. Um, the the tin cans in the sky. They uh. Maybe they are going quicker 
and cutting down fuel costs and being more efficient in their engine. Surely their engine technology has increased. And, like, I mean, internally it's the same shit, though, isn't it? You sit in a seat, they're a little bit bigger. Well, it used to take an hour to go from Hobart to Tassie. It's now an hour and 15. Why is that? I don't know. They added 15 minutes. And this is only recently. It really? is getting cheaper, though. So we're not getting quicker, but it is getting cheaper, right? With so, inflation of fuel and things, it should be getting more expensive. So, so they're getting more efficient. They're getting more efficient, but then choosing not to go... And there's more people flying more as well, but it's still the actual flight. Yeah, here we go. Oh, no. I'm pretty sure that someone's bringing back the Concorde, which seems like a bad idea, but they're, I can't... They're probably sitting around still. They're parking up those um, Boeing 787 Maxes, the ones that keep falling out of the sky. Yeah. They just parked all them up. I mean, they're still around. They're going to bring them back once they sort it out. There is like, the, yeah, like, the Concorde's got to exist still. They didn't scrap them and turn them into biplanes. Because it's all about like the the Boeing seven four seven. That's that's the plane, right? Or is it? I think so. Yeah, seven eight seven's the the. I just popular. think it's bullshit. The skies should be free range to go, and technology should be better. And it's like how you want to go to America. It takes ages. It takes ages. Like sort it out. Well, they've got those like Perth to London flight going on. They got more direct flights that cuts off heaps of travel time just for the fact of landing and having to swap planes having a little stopover so they weren't doing that back in the his eh? but in in um early days i don't know what year it would have been maybe early 19 when was the plane about 1930s or 40s or something that they had um a race from london to melbourne of all right. places with all these planes so it was about who had the greatest technology and um, there's quite a good dollop podcast on it actually you can listen I do like the dollop podcast if you've not gone and listened to that one you should definitely check it out and I think if you're into uh, your Australiana um, exploration era check out the Birkin Wills or the um, Douglas oh. Mawson you got to go a fair way back to find them but very funny well worth it the gold rush there's so many of them they they, um, all these people we think are heroes are absolute fucktards. How's er- Errol Flynn? They've got one on him. Did you listen to that one? Nah. So he's like a movie star that came from Hobart and he's a full-blown psychopath slash racist slash crazy person. And, uh, Bit of the Bill Cosby of his time. Something like that, yeah. But um, very good looking though, so he got, he got away with a lot. So you, when I came in from the surf today, there was a little dog waiting for his owner on the beach. Little Jack Russell yeah, something little, rather. Oh, it was a crash terrier. Jack Russell. But I sat, sat maybe 20, 10 metres away from him and he just trotted over and sat near me. And he didn't want, he didn't want to pat, he didn't want to play, he just wanted a little bit of company. And I was like, I respect that. And me and the dog sat there for a little bit. And you were uh, waiting for me to come in? I was waiting for you to come in. He was waiting for his mate to come in. And we just... We're just keeping each other company but there wasn't a lot of words exchanged or pats exchanged but he was a good boy you see a bit of dog uh, surfer dog hanging out down the beach especially at bears they get, like massive anxiety these dogs just staring into the ocean like fucking yeah. <laughs> melting down dogs are pretty much anxiety personified aren't they sometimes like, <laughs> like you know he, that, no filter he was a good boy he was sitting there he wasn't he didn't have the quivers but he was very keen for for his mate, his dad, to, to come back in. And then the, 
Yeah, sometimes though, when there's like the dog outside the supermarket, it's palpable. The anxiety is real. It's like, oh, oh my god! Like there's just, just think it's never it, gone yeah. back. What is this place? It's full Imagine, of food. They should be frothing. Like the codependence is, it's too much. I think. Imagine being like that if someone that, that you know. Like she shows a few people with girlfriends like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. oh, he's going to the pub, shit. He's going to root everyone. I think ah! There definitely, definitely is codependent relationships. It's like the dog and the surfer. They're um, good at down, down the peninsula. Oh, you know, um, Jen, her brother had this dog, Jet, and he'd um, go down, uh, always go down the surf with Lee, and he'd wait on the beach, do his little thing, then they'd go back, walk back together across the road. And you know, Lee was away on a surf trip. And the dog ran away, like it jumped the fucking full-size fence and got out of there. And it hadn't seen Lee in however long. Full full noise anxiety. It's like, Dad's gone. Don't know where he is. And they're looking everywhere for him. And they went down the beach. And he's like parked up on the beach looking out into the surf. Thinking, <laughs> haven't seen Lee in a week. He must be out there. That's he, where he goes yeah, when that's he where disappears. He goes. <laughs> he's, he's out there somewhere. He's gone into the void that is here. Like, Sorry, mate. He's not here. Uh, <laughs> poor thing. Poor thing, yeah. People are getting those dog cameras where the dog can go and talk to you. Could give you a call on the mobile. You've seen them? Yeah, I, ha- I haven't. I have heard of them. So you can be like at work and you just like do a bit of FaceTime with your dog. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, that dog would be fucking insatiable on it. They wouldn't be yeah. like Nana who's like happy to chat to you every two days or maybe even, you know, <laughs> once once in the evening. They'd, they'd be like, oh, fuck. Dog Probably just see what was us up to, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, are you coming home soon? He's like, mate, I've just left. Are you, yeah, but are you coming home soon? <laughs> yeah, tonight. Uh, do, you, are you, uh, are you, do you want to throw the ball? <laughs> like, are you, why don't you come home and throw the ball? I'm also pretty hungry. You need a little ball shooter, like a little, <laughs> just pop balls out the... We get, uh, that's the sick. problem with dogs. They're, OC, they're codependent OCD creatures. Like, obsessed, aren't they? Have you ever tried like to tire... Some dogs you can tire out, but there's some dogs that you could, you could literally throw the ball until they drop dead I they, reckon yeah that, so that's the the big difference though like you love the interaction that the dog is insatiable for your love and your pats and wants to know everything about you and then the cat's the asshole that thinks that you live in the cat's house it's yeah. like oh, I own this house and you fucking humans are here like getting in my way I'll I'll interact if I have to uh, there's a big difference but cats and dogs are really dominate the domesticated animal space don't they I was just thinking there's, there's a strange planet in cartoon uh, which is worth a look on Instagram and uh, he's like I, I bought this animal uh, and then I've named it this oh will it respond to it never <laughs> <laughs> it's like the cat you give it a name but there's no point in giving your cat a name because it doesn't give a fuck it'll come when it's hungry or if yeah. it wants a pat yeah, or never. Or never. Which, yeah, like, I think we've ended up with cats just because I think the Egyptians smoked a heap of something and saw cats in their dreams and were like, we must worship these animals. Because Dogs we've been left with because they're great hunting partners. Yeah, they were useful, weren't they? Kind of like the horse is domesticated because yeah. they're useful. And, like, camels were real useful in Australia until the motor car was invented. So everybody loved a camel, domesticated camels, but unlike horses and dogs, once the motor car was in, they're like, right, these camels are fucking rude. Get rid of them. Were the they're camels useful? Because that Birkin Wills uh, they podcast we were talking about. They, they were useful because they're 
They hammed it up. What do you mean they hammed it up? Well, <laughs> that's their job. Yeah. But no, useful. Like, it's Australia. It's desert. you got to walk through a lot of sand on the middle. Okay. Like, they were useful. They carry heaps of shit. Like, definitely. So dogs were useful, but they're cute, so we've kept them. Horses were useful, and they're kind of entertaining, so we keep them. If Camels, you... they're not useful. They're rude. They are rude, yeah. But cats were never useful, and they've always been rude. Yet we still keep them as pets. You, I reckon. I reckon so. The dogs are controlling us. Like they've domesticated us, and they're very successful because we make sure we look after them, provide for them. They don't have to go hunting. The cat maintains its independence in a different way. It can go out and hunt birds and show you that it's awesome. Yeah. Leave them on the doorstep, but it. They've still managed to infiltrate. They've both as a tied their evolutionary path with ours, which is smart because if you're an animal that hasn't done that, you're pretty much fucked. Yeah, yeah. Like rabbits. I don't know why people domesticate rabbits, guinea pigs, nothing else. Birds in cages. That's fucked up. Birds in cages is fucked up. Rabbits and guinea pigs. I, I don't. They must be dumb because you just. I don't get anything from seeing a cat, uh, a rabbit. Like the, you get nothing from a rabbit, you know. No. At least a cat, cats are rude, right? Cats are dicks. But you you got to sort of earn a bit of respect from a cat. And when you have, it, it does, it is worthwhile. Whereas there's nothing worthwhile coming from a guinea pig. Nah, a rabbit, same deal. They'll let they'll you tolerate you. <laughs> what? Stick guinea pigs up your oh, ass. Okay. That's about the only use that no, people have found. Gerbils. For. Yeah, in the, yeah, same the thing, right? I think I saw that in high school. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, the, what other animals should we have domesticated? I mean, we've got fish, but they don't know any better. <laughs> this is just off like, topic. So I went into a Asian supermarket in Brisbane the other day, and they have live fish that you can order. They're all swimming upside down. All the fish swimming upside down. What? I don't know why. I don't know what but was going alive. on. Alive. They're playing dead. They're like, we know what's coming. Yeah. I, Jimmy I, got fried up I right next to photo. the tank. I've got to get back there and take a photo of these upside down Swimming fish. upside down. That's That must be anxiety or a flotational bladder issue. Because, you know, like a, a tank that they put water in and yeah. put water out of. and It might have just been to, the type of fish. I don't know. But the upside down fish. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. That's fucking But, yeah, no, fish give, fish give you fuck all. I think we've kind of, like, it gets a bad rap, the old whale in captivity thing but I think domesticated dolphins would be a bit of fun like um, uh, who's the bloke John C. Lilly who did that I told people to go and listen to that podcast the guy that invented the float tank and then filled a house with water so that he could live with a dolphin <laughs> and and to study it and this and lo and behold the lady that lived with the dolphin in the wet house ended up having a sexual relationship with the dolphin and that was probably half her doing but more half the dolphins wanting well that's yeah I guess getting you, what it wanted you shouldn't really domesticate known sexual deviant animals no so we cross them off the list but I think there's, yeah it's always there's always a bit there's always going to be the 1% of the population that takes the domestication to, too far and to, from friendship to to lover yeah. the um this might be a bit spacey but we we like evolved from fish hence the spine that we got right and prior to that like back in the evolutionary scale um, octopus really split off 
real early in that and they've solved all these life's problems the same as us we're all we're both here living on the same planet but in completely different ways like their brain is not centralized it's in their arms and shit they can change color they're super smart they they're like they, they don't look anything like us at all and they're crazy crazy creatures imagine we should domesticate them like we're living with an alien species yeah i think that's actually that's actually probably the better suggestion from as far as domestication goes octopus you'd do you'd come home and the octopus would have like cleaned the house just because it was frothing yeah you see that there's the octopus that gets itself out of the cage goes down the hall to the other room Let's and hangs out, yeah. yeah, hangs out with the other the fish or something like yeah. that. But then they also know to put themselves back. Yeah, they fucking like, oh right, it's this o'clock this time, the crew's coming back in. We better go back. I don't, it was like eating fish and shit. I don't think the domestication of animals that are too smart works. That's why we don't really domesticate monkeys, because they're they they get too they're sneaky buggers. Too so independent. Like, so you end up, monkeys. Octopus, dolphins. If it, a dog, right, if you had a wild dog and put it in your house and in your backyard, it would fuck everything up and probably try and kill you. Yeah, but it's, and, it's dumb enough that you can convince it that it not to do that, whereas a monkey or a dolphin play is, ball for is a eventually going to try and fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's some serious damage. You reckon the octopus would take over, kick you out? Oh, You've I, been to work, the missus has been home all day. She's like, no, Oki and I are together now. Yeah. Were you, so. were you not required? He cleans the house and those tentacles. You should... What the about suction power. Elephants? Too big, maybe? Elephants have the, the highest brain-to-body ratio of anyone. They're, they're more than us. Higher brain... They're, they're like, How come they haven't got Wi-Fi, then? Um, there's no fingers. Ah, uh, so can't that's put it. The you can be as smart in. as you want, but if you can't enter the password, you can't invent Wi-Fi. Yeah, big fat fingers. They'd be no good in the trading room, just mashing the keyboard. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think the elephant probably falls into the same category of too smart to domesticate. But Wait, then well, they we use them as work. Like, they worked a fair bit with with elephants. They get domesticated. Yeah, but it's normally in a sad way. They take them to a circus to do tricks. What about, like, a meerkat? That'd be sick in the backyard, wouldn't it? They talk about anxiety. Oh, is he back from the shops? Like, what? Is what? he back from the what? shops? Where is he? I don't know. What's that? I haven't seen anything. Don't know what's going on. Yeah. Snakes, um, snakes, they're sneaky fuckers, and, like, we put them in cages. I think I saw some clip, one of those feel-good Facebook clips of this snake just loving its, its um, like, the, a little girl that owned it. No, like, Heavy. it was fucked up. They were, like, cuddling and stuff. It's like, he loves not, the snake. Not cool. <laughs> not cool. You don't want an animal that can f- kill you on a whim. It's a fine line between cuddling and constricting, yeah. isn't it? It's why I'm not big on pit bulls, because they're, t- they're too tough. And a snake can come and constrict you, and an elephant can stomp your head in. Like, it, a golden retriever, if, if he wants to go you, he probably could do some damage. But he, he's not going to win. Yeah. The, what about the pig? Pigs, I think, would make great... Well, actually, my, um, good pets. my best mate, who I grew up with, he had a pet pig. But they get too big. They get big. The, yeah. There's a couple of boys who um, worked in Wembley. They're all at uni at the time. They got this pig because they were going to eat it. And then oh, yeah. they were like, we'll keep this pig for a week. Classic, classic inner city. So they were on the, like, backed onto Herdsman Lake. Anyway, they had this pig and it 
they ended up keeping it and feeding it beers and this pig just loved a fucking beer so it did smash like 15 beers it got, they got known for it they'd have parties everyone's like out, trying to out drink the pig but he'd always win and then it would like when they're all at work or at uni it'd always get loose and go and see the neighbours and like like fucking headbutt down the, the fence or something and just wander off and they'd have to get returned I've forgotten what its name was it's classic but they got known for it and did they eat it in the end? Nah, they, they sold it. Apparently he's living on a farm. Like, that's the old likely story. Yeah. yeah. Sold it to this really nice farmer and he's living up in the back paddock and he gets to, has all lady pigs around. And, yeah. You know, he's, yeah. He's bacon. He's bacon. Oh, I had an... Oh, yeah, that's what I... I thought this... I've had this thought for a while, actually. So, you know, you know like, uh, on islands... Uh, big animals tend to be smaller and small animals tend to be bigger it's like some like the some sort of uh thing that happens is that like the pygmy humans yeah exactly yeah, so yeah. like Mo- less diversity in nutritional content y- yeah, for humans so or competition it's sort of i don't know if it evens it out look i don't know the science behind it but i the idea behind it is awesome and i think if we could pygmify some of the bigger animals in the world and domesticate them because can you imagine how cool it would be to have a pygmy uh, giraffe as your pet like they're a llama that's pretty much it you got a fat giraffe I'm, no, I'm thinking much smaller than that oh, I'm okay. thinking the size of a Jack Russell but oh, with the proportions yes. of a giraffe just running around the house fuck you'd it'd be thin wouldn't it break its neck or oh, legs yeah. you stand it on it it would be an awkward wouldn't... little thing to, but um, there'd be all sorts of medical like a, issues that you'd have to deal stool. with stool yeah that's sick actually you think a sausage dog's got back problems? You can wait till we get these pygmy giraffes. Just breed them with a bloody Jack Russell and they'll be fine. But the thing is, you're allowed to breed a sausage dog, right? And that's cool. We've got sausage dogs. They're an abomination and sure, probably shouldn't exist. But if I went out and started breeding pygmy giraffes to sell to people as pets, guarantee that I'd be torn to bits in the news. Yeah, yeah. I think What's that? Yeah, no, look, I agree. You probably would. It is bullshit. It's what we know. It's what we've always done. It's like, like um, what Pick you were saying about um, that's why alcohol, right, is an issue in society. Yeah, smoking, but it's never going to outlawed. No, but, people have tried that. And yeah, failed people, miserably. We, we fucking love it. People, no, it's not good for us, but we love it, and it's ingrained in society and business. And so, so, so alcohol is the dog and cat of the pet world, and. Marijuana is the pygmy giraffe. Marijuana is the pygmy giraffe. So if you go to Canberra yep. now, just this week, you could probably have a, or any of the territories, have a pygmy giraffe uh, little, you know, what do they call them? Pygmy giraffe factory, like a puppy factory. Yeah. You'd be pumping out. Although it'd be boutique. It'd be, be cool, like the craft beer style. So craft animals, you name it, we'll pygmify it. Yeah, we can do it. But I think we're not we're not far off that. What is it? CRISPR or something like that? The DNA editing. sequencing and editing. We can make pygmy that, giraffes. Are, they, are you actually allowed to to like edit DNA of animals like that? Am I, are like I allowed if, to? Is, are you? Are you? <laughs> I don't, if I don't, you've got a CRISPR device, fucking do what you yeah, want. I don't know mate. what the laws are. Like you can't fuck with humans. Well, you can to a point, but you've got to go th- jump through a lot of hoops. But there's people out there for sure doing some weird stuff with animals. Like, isn't there a mouse with an ear attached to it and things like that? Oh, I think you draw the line at, at animals that multiply really quickly or there's heaps of them, like ants, and yeah. uh, and they're small. They've got to be small because you don't want to... Like, no one's growing ears on dogs. Oh, actually, no, they did. They grew, they grew a limb on a pig because pigs and humans have a very close 
uh, DNA very very close to each other so they did the they upscaled that ear project and grew it on a pig grew it like some sort of organ or piece maybe a hand that'd be sick grow a hand off a pig's back and then transplant it on yours grow a hand on a pig's back would be real good we're yelling up there's a bloke that was extremely white but he had dark hair and all over his arms shoulders and his back and he looked like a pig pink skin in the sun he's like right Right for the picking. Um, speaking of picking your giraffe, so and ACT and alcohol and weed being the pygmy giraffe of the the drug world. As of I think I think 30th of Jan, the ACT are going to decriminalise weed. But I think we're, in terms of possession, possess- consumption, so and you, you can possess production. Like you can, it's a pretty large amount you can possess. I think it's. Um, Almost two ounces, which is which What's is a that? good amount. I don't know what an ounce looks. Um, looks so like like, <laughs> like a bag like 30, that, that. Thirty grams, thirty-two uh, grams in an ounce. I think that's the only. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like the, it's grams. the biggest bag that you would buy is an ounce. So two of them. Okay. So four quarters in an ounce, so like a seventeen, a seventy-dollar quarter. I feel like you know more about this. Times four <laughs> <laughs> times two. This is what I read. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's legal and then you can have two plants per adult human to a total of four plants for a property but the catch is you have to have them in a place where kids can't come across them oh so they put a uh, an age age restriction on it oh it's 18 you okay. can't yeah so no it's the same as alcohol you gotta be 18 to, to smoke it and you can grow a couple of plants but then it looks like the the federal government are going to say no. It's well, that's so. That's the beauty of the states or the territory setup, which is really cool because it's like there, there's not enough people here to bother with the whole making laws, having your own government sort of thing. So it's like you guys just self-govern, do what you want, push some stuff through, like see how it works, and if it sucks, then we'll come and as a the Commonwealth and in you know, enforce the Commonwealth law and say, no, so we don't. So they let, them, they let them do what they want until the Commonwealth's like, yeah, things are going okay. But, like, they can't get too rogue, pretty much. That's the that's how it is. And you think that's good? I reckon it's good because it means things like this can happen, but you've got an opportunity to kind of try stuff out, you know, change it, it a little bit. It kind of means, and it's probably likely to mean, that things like this can't happen. Because what's the chances of this actually happening? And... Let's call and the federal government squashes it because they've got, you know, out of date views on certain things. And but I think it gives the, it they gives can the shut government down a progressive state, state but not a territory. Yeah. Well, I think that it gives the government the opportunity to step back and like not act. So sure, if they want to shut it down, and it was the Victorian government, then they can they shut down straight away, or like the Victorian government would. Yeah. It'd be hard to get through, but this way they can kind of sit back and go, "Oh, we'll see what happens here." Yep. Let this one go. They're the referee in the in the um, boxing match. Like he looks like he's about to die, but let's just see if he can take one more punch. Uh, and what's your then opinion we'll on it. on the decriminalisation of weed? You for or against? I from from like the medical perspective of it. 
if it is decriminalised, decriminalised, it means that it opens it up to be studied from a medicine perspective a lot more. Like, um, you know, Rogan's always talking about mushrooms being, um, you know, there's a lot of research that isn't able to be done because they're a class one drug. Yeah, And absolutely. I think that is, is huge because we're missing out, especially in, like, the world, natural things. Like, it, it literally, mushrooms are there naturally around us and same with marijuana plants like we, we're always picking at it's different a, things you know like animal plant too. animal venom like you're always you know we a lot of drugs and and solutions are derived from the things that are already around us so why would we stop stifle that yeah i agree that's my opinion on it i think i you know secondary to people getting high like i don't care if people want to go and smoke weed to get high but i think it's the other things that come from the plant that you can't like so there's the thc part of the plant which gets you high but there's the cbd from the plant which apparently has all these great anti-anxiety and anti-inflammation properties and like it's all the rage in the states now that they've kind of legalized it a bit more but you can't you can't get at that part of it in australia even though it doesn't make you high but it it's sounds cause, like because it's wrapped up in the plant that holds thc so yeah, you can't just right. grow one with cbd and it sounds yeah. like as far as like helping you sleep and and yeah reducing anxiety in a more natural way that the CBD is the way to go. So it'd be good to be able to get your hands on some of that stuff. And then not to mention like the hemp and the hemp oil and the hemp seed, like you can eat it, you can make clothes out of it, you can make rope out medicine of it. out That's of it. That's the you old, make rope. old rope, it's super strong, light, sustainable, grows actually, like actually, a weed. So, you know, um, we used to work for a photography company at Mount Hotham, um, Snow Picks, shout out to Ian Johnson. They build the little booters in the basin, you yep. might have seen it. Jump over, get a ticket, get your photo taken. Twenty-five bucks, cha-ching! Yeah. So his uh, his son, who you, you would know, Jolie, he's got a, a company called the Dune and Feed Company, and they make hemp-based products for horses. Really? How yeah. do they do that? What? Uh, well, I think you're allowed to grow here. I don't know how it works exactly, but you are. There are hemp farms, but you're not allowed to do the uh, the THC part, I guess. Okay, so hemp. So is I, I think it's like the male versus the female. It's just oh, unpollinated yeah. or or something. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Anyway, I think we um. Yeah, that's my phone. I think we need to just shift into a benefits of and start wrapping this puppy up. Yeah, you got I any? Think, um, well, the benefits of uh, no. What do you got for the benefits of? Hmm. I'm going to riff something out. What about... The benefits of... The benefits of Instagram in the dating world or when looking for the one. Hunting down the one. Or just a random girl slash boy that you saw in the public. The benefits of Instagram for our interaction. Let's stick to benefits. There's lots of downsides. Okay, so the benefits of Instagram as a as a technology for Just keep finding it general, the one as any as, as as anything benefits of benefits of Instagram. Are, so when you go to a cafe, you can look at what the food looks like, and you can see every menu item on the cafe's Instagram and see if you like the look of it or not. Do the same thing with the bar. If you like the look of the bar, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's free advertising. Straight up, it's free advertising for whatever you want to advertise. You can do it there, and but they they are going to just take your data, so you're kind of paying for it. 
They, the old saying is, if you're getting something for free, then you're the thing being sold. Right. So think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like um, it creates community groups from a positive perspective, like yeah. our one off the wood community, or you know, like fire to fork community. Yeah. People yeah. that love cooking over the fire, and people can create their own little community of things that they like, whether it's camping, surfing, fishing. You can make it real specific, uh, and and uh, those people don't have to like what you put up you don't have to put up shit at all you can just be the creepy observer with no posts find the like-minded people i found a really good use for it um so we talked about this ski trip that i did in the adventure time podcast but we didn't know if where we were starting from there'd be snow on the ground so did we need hiking boots or did we just stay with skis so you just put it in instagram look at the most recent posts and people have taken photos of all different parts of of where we were going from Bonus. and you just get like an up-to-date conditions report through other people's photos it's like um so you can do there's a couple of guys that do the surf report um in the morning just whack a story on so you follow their instagram account at a certain beach and they'll put a story up but you could do the same thing with a pub couldn't you you'd have a look at absolutely what, if anyone's What's been to alice springs the bojangles pub they'll know that place and bojangles i don't know if they still do it but they used to run take over the local radio station from like eight o'clock so you were listening to the dj at bojangles and then you could get on the bojangles website and they had cameras in every room so you could see if anyone was at the pub see if your mates were there anyone particular that you were hunting down like boom andy's at the pub i'm going down i'm going in i'm keen it looks like it's pumping let's get there yeah that's you can do that now with instagram get on the pub story it's almost a bit of a big brother setting up like a community big brother but it seems we're looking for benefits, not negative. So I'm, I'm for it. I'm for it. No, I'm for it. I think it's good. Hey, should we wrap this up? Because we, I don't know, we're driving down the highway and it's kind of awkward having a laptop and microphones and we don't want to crash. We've seen several police cars and we've done well. We haven't had any weird looks from people uh, coming no, down. not yet. Um, but one off the wood, keep tagging us on the Instagram. Yeah, Speaking yeah. of Instagram. Okay. Speaking of Instagram, tag us up. Yep. Um, we're going to throw a little song. This is probably, this is the Southern River, River Band. We're actually going to drive somewhat past Southern River Ish. as we approach Perth. So I think these guys are from Southern River. I haven't listened to this yet, but um, it's their latest song, I think. I can't, I'm going to do someone an injustice because they put me onto them. Check them out. They've got some rowdy clips on YouTube. They look, the lead singer looks a mix of the guy from Client Liaison and the lead singer of Sticky Fingers. Yeah. They've got super excess style, absolute unit, dressed in flares and stuff. So I'm looking forward to tracking them down and going to see them. Um, but yeah, Southern River Band, get around the local boys. Yep, this is uh, Do You Miss Me? Huru. Huru.
got some secrets to share that you're to keep now, should you care? Do you? 